I'm going to ask if you would stand with me as we read and hear the Word of God this morning. I'm going to pray before we do. Father, open our eyes this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit so that we might behold the wonder of who you are and so come to trust whose we are. This is what we ask. Through Christ we pray. Amen. For several weeks now we've been talking about the means of grace. These are God's means. Uh, These are the means by which he draws us to himself through worship, through the word, and these last two weeks through prayer. So let me ask you, do you struggle to pray? Jesus' first disciples didn't know how to pray. They struggled, and they asked him to teach him, teach them. And this is what he said. This is the word of the Lord, Luke 11. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from within, do not bother me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed, I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him, give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Lord, teach us to pray. Did you hear that request? Did you hear His response to their request? Now, did Jesus... In responding to their request to learn how to pray, did he give them a how-to book on prayer? Did he draw a PowerPoint presentation on the ground with a stick? Did he give them the latest tips and techniques for how to pray breakthrough prayer? No, no, I don't think so, and here's why. Because you can no more teach someone to pray than you can teach a toddler to walk. 
You have to show a toddler how to walk. Recently, we've been watching some home videos, um, and uh, there are some videos on our, in our collection of Anna learning to walk. And uh, I, we, you know, I would spend hours with her first, you know, kind of walking with her feet on my feet, and I'm holding on to her arms, and eventually I just hold on to her hands, and then the tips of her little fingers, and I'm trying to show her how to walk, but I'm with her every step of the way, and the only thing that she could do was trust that I'm a good father, and I'm not going to let her go. She had no other option. And this is how Jesus teaches his disciples, including us, how to pray. He showed his first disciples what it was to be carried along by a good father. Jesus didn't tell these toddlers how to pray. He showed them how to pray. And even more, he showed these toddlers why they should pray. So let me ask you again. Do you struggle to pray? Whether you're a brand new Christian or like me, you've been one for decades. Do you struggle to pray? I want you to stop for just a second and ask, what keeps me from praying? What makes it such a struggle for me to pray? It's a thousand things, isn't it? Whatever it is that makes it a struggle for you to to pray, you're not alone in your struggle. All of us, all of us struggle with prayer. But as Jesus answers his disciples' request to teach them to pray, he's going to surprise them by showing them that the most important important thing about prayer is not so much the hows and the whats of prayer, but the who. The who. Who is this God you're praying to? And who are you to him? So let's uh, put our feet on Jesus' feet and let him lead us to the Father. First, Notice how the disciples saw and heard Jesus pray. Jesus was praying. They saw this. They heard him. And that made them want to pray. Luke tells us more about Jesus praying than any of the other Gospels. In fact, in chapter 5, Luke tells us that Jesus would frequently withdraw to desolate places to pray. He did it again and again and again. And so like that toddler who sees her father walking around and says, Whatever that is he's doing, I want to do that. (laughs) Jesus' disciples see Jesus praying and they say, whatever he's doing when he's praying, and whatever it is that keeps him doing it again and again and again, I I want that. Just like us, they could tell that prayer was important to Jesus, but they didn't know how to pray. And so they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus is going to surprise them with an answer they're not expecting. If you take what Jesus teaches in this passage as a whole, here's what he's going to say to them. The most important thing you need to learn about prayer is that you are in relationship with God as your Father. 
I mean, he, he begins by telling them to address Yahweh, the great and glorious God of Israel, as Father. Now, that would have been a shock to them. It's not a shock to us. We've heard this all our lives. We're, we're, way, we're 2,000 years past Jesus' teaching about this, so you have to kind of get in their sandals a little bit and feel the shock that they feel. You want us to call him Father? That's, that, that was not normal uh, for Jewish men and women of that day. You want us to call him Father? That's too intimate. That's a little disrespectful for Yahweh. But Jesus insists that if they want to pray like he does, they're going to have to relate to his Father like he does. Now, he gives them what we call the Lord's Prayer, but this Lord's Prayer is slightly different from the one we prayed this morning, the one that comes from Matthew chapter 6. It's, it's the same themes and some of the same words and it's the same pattern, but it's not exactly the same. So what that tells us is that it's not necessarily about the words. This is not some sort of mantra to pray over and over and over again. It's not about the specific words as much as it's about how we live in relationship with our Father. We think our Father is great, and we want everyone to know he's great. My daddy's bigger than yours, stronger than yours. And that's why we want his name to be hallowed or honored, so we pray, Oh, Father, let the world know how great you are. We think our Father is good. And that whatever he wants for us and the world must be good. And so, that's why we want his kingdom to come and his will be to be done. Because we know that whoever and wherever and whatever God rules, good things will happen. People, places, and things will flourish where God's kingdom rules. And so we pray, oh, Father... What you want is good, so let your good kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we think our, our Father is gracious. and That he can and will supply whatever we need to live with and for him. And so we live in daily dependence upon our gracious, giving Father. We, we depend on him to give us what we need to live with and for him in the places he's put us. Our daily bread. We depend on him to give us the forgiveness we need when we fail him and the grace we need to forgive those who fail us. Forgive us when we sin. Help us forgive those who sin against us. We depend on him daily to keep our hearts from running away from him when things get hard and painful. So we pray, lead us not into temptation. Jesus was not merely teaching them the words of a prayer to say to God, but a whole new way to live with God, their Father. He gave them a lot more than they asked for. And I've I found over the years, and I'm still learning and learning what, what this prayer means, but I've found that I pray more when I think of prayer not as a religious duty, but as a way to enjoy my relationship with my dad. And that's what Jesus wants for us. And so he goes on to teach us more about his father's heart. He gives us a parable to show us what his father's heart is like. 
So let me recast the parable this way. Suppose Nathan calls me at midnight. Don't try this at home. Suppose Nathan calls me at midnight, and he says, hey, hey, buddy, listen, can I come get some chips and salsa? Because I've got a friend who just got here from out of town, and they're hungry, and I have nothing to give them. And in a sleepy stupor, I say, look, um, dude, I'm sorry, but uh, we're all asleep over here, and if you come over here and I get up and start messing around the kitchen, the dogs are going to start barking, they're going to wake up Christine, the kids are home, it's not going to be a good thing, so click. 30 seconds later, phone rings again. It's Nathan. Jimmy, I'm sorry to bother you, but everything's closed and you're the only one who can help, please. And I say no again, click, and he calls again, and this goes on for an hour. Few of us would be bold enough to ask the first time. But none of us would be that guy who keeps calling again and again when we've already been told no, right? So after an hour of this, I finally just say, okay, okay, come over. We're already awake anyway because of your phone calls. Come on over. And he comes, and I give him whatever he needs, chips and salsa, queso dip, tortillas, black beans. I just empty the pantry. Now, take it and go. Jesus says, if your friend is willing to respond to your needs, whether his motive is to show you love or to shut you up, then how much more will your father, whose motive is always love, who is always awake, it's never midnight to God. Did you realize that? Who's always alert to your needs, who's never annoyed by your neediness, Oh, friends, how much more would your father be willing and waiting to empty his pantry to meet your needs? That's what Jesus is trying to show us about our father's heart. All you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is seek him. All you have to do is knock on the door. In fact, Jesus says that your father, his father, loves persistence so much that he he uses these words in the present active tense as a continuing action is keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on asking. Your Father loves for you to keep on asking Him for what you need, and He promises that you will receive from Him what you need. But unlike most religions, it's not just about getting stuff from your God. Your Father wants you to get Him, so He says, keep on seeking Keep on pursuing is what that word means. Keep on pursuing me and you'll get me. Keep on knocking and I'm going to open the door and I'm going to welcome you into relationship with me. Keep on knocking. And if that picture of the Father's heart is not compelling enough, Jesus gives us another one in verses 11 to 13. These are worth reading to us again. What father among you, he says, If his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Recently, Abby asked me to help her put air in her tires. And so... 
I said, sure. So I got a great big knife, and I slashed those suckers flat. Every one of them, they're just, no, I didn't do that. No, I took her to the gas station, and we, we pumped the tires up. I went in the gas station. I bought her a little tire pressure gauge, and I showed her, here's how you check your tire pressure. Here's how you fill them up. And I'm a sinner, Father. How much more will your Father give good gifts to you if he asks? But right here at this point is where many of you will struggle. Because you might say, Jimmy, you don't, you don't understand. My Father was or is that evil. When I needed safety and security, he abused me. When, need, when I needed a father's love, he abandoned me and my family. When I needed my daddy's heart to be present, he was absent. Jesus knows that. Jesus knows this about your father. But even about the best of fathers who know how to give good gifts to their children, Jesus says, you then who are evil. There are degrees of evil. And yes, every evil father will be held accountable to the true father for how they treated you. Jesus said in another place, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for him if he was tossed into the ocean with a giant rock tied around his neck. So there will be justice for the evil fathers. But here in Luke 11, Jesus is asking us to pray to his heavenly Father, not to our earthly fathers. He's working hard with these pictures to overcome our natural bit to say, if God is like my Father, I'm not sure I want to talk to Him. Jesus is working hard to overcome our fear of our Father's heart. He's saying, let me help you see your Heavenly Father as I know Him. See Him as He really is, not how you suspect He is because of your experience with fathers. Jesus is making you a promise right here. This good Father only gives good gifts. If you ask this Father for a fish, He will not give you a snake. If you ask my Father, Jesus says, for an egg, He will not give you a scorpion. Because he is good, he only knows how to give good gifts. Jesus' brother, James, wrote, Do not be deceived. Every good gift and every perfect gift is coming from above, from the Father of lights. Now, yes, sometimes what he gives when we ask seems like a serpent, and it might feel like a scorpion, but this is where Jesus asks you to trust his Father's heart for you. 
This is where Jesus asks you to trust his Father's promise that all things work together for your good and that nothing, whether it looks like a snake or feels like a scorpion, nothing will separate you from your Father's love in Christ Jesus. He's asking you to trust him on this one. question we should ask is, why should I trust him? Why should I trust him? Why should I trust that he will only give me what is good? Why should I trust that he won't give me a serpent or a scorpion? What, what guarantee do I have that his heart is for me and not against me? And that's a fair question. Because Jesus said, we are evil. We deserve the bite of the serpent and the sting of the scorpion. We, we deserve to get those kind of gifts because of our sin. There was only one son who deserved fish and eggs from his father. There was only one son who deserved good gifts from his good father. But the perfect son of God instead received the bite of a serpent on his heel and the scorpion sting of the wrath of God for our sins, a sting that shot straight through to his heart like that spear did through his side. God the Father made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus took the serpents and scorpions that we deserve so that from now on, we will only and always get fish and eggs from our Father, His Father. He will never give you a serpent. He will never give you a scorpion. And there's more. We don't just get the good gifts from our fathers. We get the best gift that He has to give how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Jesus told His disciples once, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper like me, the Spirit, and He will be with you and in you. This is the best gift your Father can give you. It's Himself in you and with you. Even when, it, when He gives you what looks like snakes or feels like serpents, you can know that even those painful gifts are gifts that His Spirit will use to do you good because He loves you. I thought this week as I was looking at this, by giving us the Spirit when we ask for Him, our Father gives us not just a loaf of bread, He gives us the whole bakery. The one who, break, who bakes the bread. By giving us the Spirit, He gives us not just fish, but a whole ocean of fishes. He gives us not just eggs, but all the chicken farms in the world. He gives you an endless supply of His good gifts because of the good gift of His Spirit. Our Father is just that good. And if you're stuck, I just want to suggest this one, try this prayer. Pray for God to give you his spirit because he also said in Romans 8 that this spirit that he gives us is the spirit of sonship 
the Spirit of Jesus who cries in us, Abba, Father. So if you're stuck and you haven't been praying and you don't know what to pray, pray and ask for the Spirit who is the one who cries, Abba, Father. It's like asking God come into you and pray for you, and he will give you his spirit. Our Father doesn't just give us gifts. He puts the gift giver inside us. So Anna crawled across the floor to the coffee table in front of the couch, and she pulled herself up. Standing upright, she's looking around. It's a whole new world up here. But this time, something different happened. For the first time, she let go of the coffee table and started to wobble and walk. And she thought about sitting down, but then she saw me five feet away. Daddy! And I see her eyes, and I get down on my hands and knees, and I hold my arms open. I've got this big goofy grin on my face. Come on, Anna. Come to Daddy. Come on. I've got you. Come on, Anna. And she walks to me. She walked to me. The fear of letting go and the doubt that her daddy wouldn't be there when she needed him no longer controlled her heart. And in that moment, little Anna took her first step and began to tumble and stumble into my open arms, and we just became a big ball of laughter and giggles and love and celebration. She trusted me. She walked to me. Friends, when it comes to prayer, we're all unsteady stumblers. But when we know the love and smile and open arms of our Father, He draws us out of our doubt and fear. When we know that we are His sons and daughters because of His Son, Jesus, we will run to Him when He calls and we will cry to Him when we fall. And when we get there in prayer, He will meet us with an embrace that we could have never dreamed of. Keep asking, keep seeking, Keep knocking, and you will receive everything good that he has in store for you. You will find your father. He will open the door of his heart, and he'll welcome you in. Father, you are good. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. Holy Spirit, would you come into my heart and into the hearts of your people and cause us to see our Father's heart for us and cause us to stumble toward you and to fall into your embrace. Do this, we ask, in Christ's name. Amen.